Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. again for tuning in to Radio Harambe. I am Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios. And joining me out in the wild, you, might, the be wild. Able, you might be able to hear some of the wild behind him throughout this show, <laughs> Safari Mike. Mike, how you doing? I'm good. Good, good. I'm here in uh, Costa Rica studying parrots. Oh, have you, have you done that before? I believe you might have. I don't. No. Years ago. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? No, 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 no. We uh, interviewed somebody from the Arrow Project. Project, Right. That's who I'm thinking of. Not you. I I apologize uh, for that. They're right now. And and, uh, what what macaws are you studying? The hyacinth. (laughs) Oh, I know that. It's a big blue one. Yeah. Yellow face? Yes. You got it? They have those at the at Disney's Animal Kingdom. They do indeed. <laughs> I may have a nice picture of one as, as uh, <laughs> that, that has been on my Instagram page, Instagram Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us there. Uh, before we begin with this show, I want to do my dil- due diligence before Mike cuts me off and makes me do it um, for selling T-shirts. Link <laughs> is in the show notes. Link is in the bio at. Disney's Animal Kingdom on Instagram. Um, it is on T Public. The name of the store is Radio Harambe. You can go there and uh, buy some of our new stuff. We got Radio Harambe shirts. We have um, Doctor Seeker's Travel Company, and we have the old favorite Warden Wilson's Air Rangers. All the money we make off that goes towards conservation uh, organizations such as the aforementioned Arrow Project. Um, and uh, so if you want to help us do something good there and get a really kind of cool shirt, Animal Kingdom themed shirt, there may be more ideas coming. I believe our fearless CEO may have given us an idea for one this week, but that's what we're here to talk about today. CEO uh. may have given us a good idea for one, uh, but that, that's what we're here to talk about. Now, we promised you um, via... Uh, all sorts of <laughs> ways, social media. social media on this show that we were going to do a listener question show and we are going to do that. We actually have that getting ready to go. The listener questions are in and we will be recording that this week. Stay tuned for that. But when the leader of the Disney company says something as ridiculous as he said this week, it is impossible, especially when it's related directly to the animal kingdom. It is impossible not to mention it and really sometimes to dedicate a show to it. Um, I I am going to start with a warning. This show is not for pixie dusters. (laughs) We are going to criticize the company a lot. We're going to criticize. By saying we, you mean you. Me and you. You know you will as well. (laughs) Going to criticize the company a lot. 
and um, it's not going to be pretty at times. And Mike and I have a tendency to go down rabbit holes with this sort of thing and end up criticizing things maybe we weren't meant to criticize to begin with. So if all you want is a happy-go-lucky podcast about the animal kingdom, tune in to any other of our shows, well, most of them at least, over the last few weeks, and, um, and this one might not be for you. There may be a few colorful metaphors, a few um, slippery language, so to speak, but I want to make sure this podcast stays on the unexplicit end of the podcast. So uh, I'll right. do my best to, uh, if anything really egregious comes out, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bleep play it. Play the tiger roar. Yeah, I'll play the tiger roar, <laughs> right? Or the, uh, or the trumpet of the, her- of the elephant or whatever I've done over the years. Oh, yeah, whatever, yeah. Well, in past, we've had some guests, Mike, that have needed quite a bit of that. Um, so I just well, want... there's only one, really. Uh, well, yes, this is true. <laughs> so... Go ahead. Go ahead. So as I said, this, this show is going to resolve, uh, revolve around what uh, I can only call, I mean, I, I don't want to overstate it, but I, I don't think I am when I say kind of an alarming quote from Bob Iger, if you feel about the parks as I do. Um, but we'll get into that in a bit. I felt like, Mike, before we get into exactly what he said and then his mm-hmm. ludicrous backpedal, that I might give a little background on Bob. Um, before we uh, get into this, because I think, you know, for some of our newer listeners, maybe it's good to sort of kind of give a little background on who he is and um, which will help sort of focus my particular complaints with the man um, and how we've gone from uh, being excited about his tenure to where I am now, because that is what happened. (laughs) Very similar to his predecessor, uh, Eisner, you know, there was a time there where we all thought this was the genius. You know, this was the man who who made Disney what it is. I well, still think Eisner's the superior, the superior CEO. Oh, there, there's no question in that. But, but, um, but, but we'll get to that as we go on. So I just, just a quick background. Uh, Bob Iger actually began um, with ABC TV in 1970s, 74 to be exact. He became the head of ABC Entertainment in '89. He was essentially and entirely up until the purchase of ABC by Disney, a television guy. He was the president of the network from 93 until Disney purchased it in 96, I believe. I don't have that written here, but it's somewhere around there. Uh, Iger remained the head of ABC under Disney until 1999, where he was handed the additional title of president of Walt Disney International, which is basically just an arm of the company that sort of oversees the international um, reach of the Disney brand. It's nothing, not, not much more than that. Um, Iger was named president and COO of Disney in 2000. So we essentially have a guy who went from television, the head of television. So there's no movie background. There's just television. No, no parks background, nothing. To becoming right. the president and chief operating officer of Disney in 2000. Um, essentially becoming Eisner's squire, for better or for worse. He was a second-hand man, so to speak. This was after a long and turbulent period uh, among Disney top executives that included the hiring of Michael Ovitz and uh, all this stuff with Jeffrey Katzenberg and a, a lot of stuff. This was a very turbulent time for Disney. Um, it kind of led directly to Roy Disney popping up into a Save Disney uh, role once again. Right, right, um, right, right. Roy famously kind of championed Eisner as the CEO back when he was first appointed and then kind of led to him his downfall uh, later on. 
a lot of people with knowledge of it and you know with speculation say that one of the reason one of the ways that this group the anti-eisner people got eisner out was by agreeing to sort of allow Iger, eisner's appointed man to become the ceo um so while roy disney was very openly for bob Iger. There's a lot of reports that maybe he was not, and he just sort of did it uh, because it had to be better than Eisner in his mind at the time. Uh, as a result, and again, now I'm kind of uh, editorializing here, but as a result, um, Iger really splashed in with acquisitions, which seems to be what he's all about. Um, he immediately acquired Pixar. There was a long-standing um, war between Pixar and Eisner. Um, that had gotten really ugly, and there was a, a there was a, a absolute possibility that Pixar would would split from Disney, even though they were partners from the beginning. Um, and then, uh, you know, he did this thing with Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, where he swapped the uh, traded off uh, uh, Mike. What's the uh, Al Michaels? Al Michaels, right? Al Michaels, the broadcaster. Traded him over to NBC Universal in return to the right of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which, if those of you don't know, Oswald was Walt Disney's first hit in the cartoon business way back when in black and white cartoon era uh, before Mickey really Mouse. Since they bought him. Nope. They only sell merchandising. Um, so, again, uh, my feeling is now, looking back at it, that really what he was trying to do there by making that deal was... Um, just sort of get Roy on his side and get the Disney family and the Disney name on his side, which I think he did. Um, despite knowing that Iger was not in a creative executive, <laughs> uh, everything seemed okay. You know, uh, Roy was happy. I think we were happy. I mean, I was happy. I was happy with the appointment of Lasseter to a creative position. Um, you know, Eisner had famously been the man who pulled uh, funding for what we now know would have been uh, Beastly Kingdom, so we were kind of a right. little, we were kind of a little annoyed with Eisner. Um, in the long run, maybe we shouldn't have been. Um, Iger then began, Mike, to, to uh, what I can only say uh, was a shopping spree, and began to buy tons, of, spend billions of dollars on what we call intellectual properties or um, just businesses. Uh, um, the biggest of them, Marvel and Lucasfilm. Um, he spent billions on those. We already said Pixar. Um, and then the one that kind of left us puzzled was the purchase of the theme park rights for Avatar. <laughs> uh, this was definitely um, Tom Stagg and, and Bob Iger's baby. They were the ones who directly negotiated with the Cameron. Um, really kind of sold it to Cameron. They originally wanted it for the Hollywood Studios. But they felt that if they had done sort of a bigger deal with the Animal Kingdom, that would sell Cameron even more on it. So they kind of sacrificed the theme of the park, you know, uh, to, to, to close this deal with Cameron. Um, Mike, if Iger ended today, uh, his tenure will be remembered clearly and only by these purchases. I don't care what anybody else says. He... The, the purchase the, these companies that he's purchased Marvel Lucasfilm they are are the big drivers of the film industry for Disney with uh, uh, Pixar as well 
but they are separate operating entities from Disney as opposed to Walt having direct um, creative control over his films. Like Snow White and Bambi and all All of them. All of them during his life. Iger doesn't really have that. He's just sort of the head of the company that funds these things. There are creative heads that do this stuff. Uh, You want to give Iger credit for The Force Awakens or what have you or Civil War or any of these things. You're really stretching the idea of credit, in my opinion. I give him credit for thinking about buying Marvel. But other than that, you're right. I would agree. I mean, I think it was a great, um, a great purchase. Um, right. You know, and I'm going to give him credit for that. I absolutely am. Uh, put the right people in charge. He did, and he, and it remains to be seen if that's the same about Lucasfilm. Um, I, Lucasfilm started off gangbusters, a couple of good films. Since then, they've haven't. You know, the next two films are. Uh, you know, let's let's face it. They're 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 you know they're half and half. They're fifty fifty right now. You know, uh, the Last Jedi was gr- was a great money maker, but met with tepid feelings from the fans. Right, and certainly we know that um, you know he. It seems as though they've pulled the plug on Solo, even though I felt the f- movie was good. I liked uh, it, yeah. May not have performed well enough at the box office, but I don't think mm-hmm. it was ever set up to do so. Um, but I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole with that. Um, in my opinion. To this point, my feeling is that Iger has pulled away the idea of original content from Disney outside of a couple of films, maybe one or two made a year, and has instead handed over the creativity of the parks to these intellectual properties and has pushed his people into creating that. Into those type of things. So that leaves us with this quote. Uh, before I say the quote, do you have any comments or anything you want to make about that? No, no that was a pretty okay. good summary. I mean, I think uh, Iger is really a film guy, and he's done very, very well with the films. Well, even even though now they are very... What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, all the films are either Marvel, Star Wars, or these live-action remakes, basically. So I would say that I would question your assessment there. I don't think he's done well with films um, because I don't think that Disney itself has done much creatively in his tenure to... I mean, making a lot of money, not necessarily... I don't care money. about the making the money. Yeah, I mean, the making the money is great. I'm, I'm not a shareholder. I, I, can't, I can't worry about that. That's not... If I'm a fan of Disney, I'm a fan of the creative content right. of Disney. I'm not a fan of the money they make. And anybody who tries to argue with me that I'm supposed to care about how much money he's made for the te- for the for the team is missing the point of Walt's entire life. <laughs> you know? sure. I sure, mean, Walt didn't Walt do anything with the money in mind. That's what his brother was for, and his brother was basically there to fund these ideas. Right. So don't come at me with money. I don't care about money and how much money he's made. It makes no difference to me. No. But what I, I care mean, about is the shareholders hit- love him, and that's and that's very important. Great for for Disney, not for me and you. So he's so I would say he's not a good film guy. He's a good acquisitions guy. He's a good okay. merger lawyer. He's uh you know, he, but but as far as creative goes. What creative things has he spearheaded that, you know, that you could put? I mean, Mike, we could put tons of creative things on Eisner. 
and his people, like Katzenberg and all that, they all worked directly for him. They right. were people that he brought into the company, and they turned the entire creative aspect of the company around, brought the Disney brand back. I mean, I don't care what you say. People don't associate the the success of the Marvel films with the Disney brand first. They associate it with the Marvel brand first. The Lucasfilm right. success is a Star Wars success. It's not a Disney success. Yeah, but most people know it's Disney. Well, they do, but is Disney really the reason why it's good? Or could yeah. anybody with a lot of money have come in and done the same thing that Iger did with those people? Sure. See, that's my argument. When I don't think you could say the same thing about you know, the 90s rebirth of Disney animation and some of the other things that they did. Uh, you certainly can't say it about the parks, where Michael Eisner totally revolutionized the parks. Iger has not done that. He's trying to, but he's t taking it down a rabbit hole. Well, he uh, revolutionized the whole resort. I mean, Eisner, I mean. He brought yes. in tons of resorts. He made it a seven-day vacation as opposed to a uh, two days in Central Florida vacation. Right, and he made it into a complete destination with rest right. with, with everything you need. When, I, when you and I used to go there, there was two hotels in the, in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, it was the resort loop. That was it. That's it. Contemporary. Contemporary, the Polynesian. And we actually saw the building of the Grand Floridian. It's been, right. we, we were there before that, long before that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, recently, uh, he uh, Bob Iger was published uh, in Barron's at, with an interview. And I'm going to read the entirety of the quote. The question, you're putting a lot of money into the parks. How confident are you about the return here? Okay, so I'm going to stop us right away. We're going to play this okay. little this little game where we're going to stop it as we go. Okay. Um, it is a complete money question. It is about financing. Mm -hmm. It is not about creativity. It's not about the long term. It's only about what is returning off the investment right now. So the question in itself is not where we're going. Right. <laughs> we're going towards something different than that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so here's, here's the answer. The acquisition of these brands and the creation of intellectual property behind them have had a tremendous impact on growing our returns at the parks. Okay, stop. Okay. No, how? how? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's they created a lot of money for Disney. You know, Disney period, because you know all the films are, a lot of the films, little Marvel films and stuff, make a ton of money. Mm -hmm. But it has nothing to do with the parks. There's no Marvel in the parks. We still haven't gotten Star Wars yet. I mean, there's Avatar. And I think the argument can be said, you know, but even about Avatar, that yes, the attendance numbers are up at the Animal Kingdom, and we love that. But it's not like the attendance numbers throughout the parks have spiked as a result. Right. They don't have more people coming down. We are just that. simply pilfering the people from the other places. Right. Um, the other Disney places. To some extent, that is what's happening. So where is the great return? We don't know. I don't know what he's referring to here because the impact has not been tremendous by any means. Right. He continues, when you have Star Wars to market at the parks, which I cannot stand that phrase, but it's Barron's. When you have Star Wars to market at the parks 
Avatar is a good example. Cars Land, we're building a frozen land, and he means in Hong Kong, um, right. and in Tokyo, and I think in Paris as well. Uh, the interest among potential audience is higher. It's not like, quote, I'm going to ride some nondescript coaster somewhere that maybe is themed like India or whatever, unquote. Stop. Okay, stop. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people have assumed that this was a shot at Expedition Everest. It could be nothing else. Well, he did retract the statement. We'll get he, to that. We'll get to that. But... We'll get to that nonsense later. But what else could it possibly be? Well, first of all, Everest nothing, Mike. Nothing. So that's that's one thing. But <laughs> but I think it's more likely to say that he's just ignorant of where the Himalayas are that <laughs> and the difference between Nepal and India and is probably just a moron who hears the who hears the the accent and assumes it's Indian right then it is to say the mental gymnastics it takes to say that he's not talking about expedition everest because you can't tell me what he's talking about if that's not it right it makes no it, there, there's no there, I'm sorry. There's just no. If you're going down that hole with me, forget it. Don't bother. I'm not. This is what I he's don't talking about. Why he said it? I don't understand. What's the point? I, my own criticizing your own park. What's the point? I don't, I don't know. It. I don't know. I just, I just don't get it. So he continues. Now you're going to Arendelle, and you're going to experience Frozen with Anna and Elsa, or you're going to fly a banshee into Pandora. Go to Carsland. We built Radiator Springs. You're with the characters in that town. That's the end of the quote. Um, well, I mean, I do think. Can I? Can I? Kids, go ahead. Go, go can, ahead. can I just give you his ridiculous retraction, sure. just because it's nice? Uh, under his, uh, I guess his Twitter account. I don't it even know. I don't pay any attention. Who was criticizing? I don't pay any attention to Twitter. So, uh, for the record. I love Expedition Everest and the whole land around it, and I never suggested otherwise. It is distinct, not dot nondescript, as its popularity suggests. I want to say two things here. Notice he does not then, therefore, offer up what exactly it is he's referring to. He only claims that he's not referring to Expedition Everest, though he doesn't actually say that. This is a non-denial denial. He doesn't right. actually say, for the record, I was not specifically speaking about Expedition Everest. Like, this right. man's a politician. He knows what he's saying. He put that purposely in there as a very clever little lie for all of us and for all the people who want to defend him and don't want to think that their CEO is an idiot. Um, he wrote it in that respect, but he is not denying it. He's only trying to say that, oh, no, really, I love it. It's not nondescript. Kind of almost making it suggest that he was referring to that and maybe he was wrong. I, I don't really know. The, 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 the response is such political garbage that I can't even work my way through it. But I felt it, I felt it important to at least put it out there as part of this discussion. And what was further interesting is that Barron edited the quote to remove the India part. Yes, he did. Which I could only imagine came at his <laughs> request. Oh, I'm sure Barron didn't. I'm 
why would Baron change it? There's no reason why they would. But by the time they went to print, they had changed it. Um, it's a ridiculous. Oh, so they changed it to read, I'm going to ride some nondescript coaster somewhere. Right. Um, so he obviously, you know, thought better of what he said immediately. Right. <laughs> but listen, this is how he feels, folks. I'm sorry. This is how he feels. Oh, he definitely feels that. He feels that if it's not an IP push, there's no point of doing it. There's no point of doing it. Iger would never build Expedition Everest tomorrow. He would never. Absolutely never. Never. And this is the reason why this this guy should be gone. (laughs) Right. Everything we're getting is IP related. Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Wars, Avatar, Toy Story, everything. And as you've not, you and I have said, or at least I've said many times, we're going to spend years fixing this nonsense because right. it's oh, it's now we're now going to be stuck with an error after he leaves, which is probably in a couple of years. Um, you know, after he's gone, we're going to have these parks that are going to be a jumbled mess of no theming and not really make a lot of sense. And then when these movies become, if Avatar sequels are not a hit, which I think we can all conclude there's a very good possibility of that. It may never even right. come out, for all I know. Um, they're going to be antiquated rides, antiquated sh- movies that are not timeless films by any mean. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I point specifically to things like Star Wars, where he's making the mistake of not putting in the original Star Wars characters and stuff into his parks. He's doing the First Order and these things. This is not what's going to be remembered in 30 years. Is I'm sorry. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the final trilogy will be, but I don't think it's going to be the first one. But right. that's not what he wants. What he wants is immediate return on investment from his intellect, from the intellectual properties that have occurred during his time. Um, okay. So let now me. Now he's ju- buying 20th century. Uh, now he's you know, buying 20th right. century. And that's going to open up all sorts of disasters. But um, and else, there's also some possibility of good stuff in that too, though, Mike. But uh, well, I don't want to get I don't want to get down the rabbit hole of that one. Okay. Um, I just want to say a few things. Thank you for hanging in here with me. Obviously, I'm very fired up about this. Um, just to kind of back things up a little bit, um, and I, I'm not one of these people who thinks what would Walt do. But I do think that what Walt set into motion is really what should always live as the great sort of guiding force of what these parks are about and how they, uh-huh. okay? Um, you know, the original Disneyland, which he designed from start to finish completely under his thumb, um, was o- almost entirely about original ideas and not intellectual property cross-marketing, which he had plenty to choose from at the time. <laughs> Right. He could have made an entire park of just his intellectual properties if he wanted to, sure. but he did not. He basically kind of, and and this was the man who invented film merchandising, folks, and character merchandising pretty much on his own. So he had a lot of possibilities to do this stuff, and he didn't because he knew it in the long term is not what people would want. 
he had Fantasyland, obviously. He kind of made that little nook for his movies. And then he kind of waved at some things now and again, like Davy Crockett in Frontierland. And maybe waved at a few things over at Tomorrowland as the kind of 60s got into the space race and things like that. And some of the other, you know, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And, you know, he did it a little bit. But the great rides that he's remembered for are the ones that were not intellectual property based. Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted right. Mansion, It's a Small World, Lincoln. These were the great things that, that he created. Mm-hmm. You know, the monorail, the all this stuff. They're not intellectual property based. The very foundation of what makes these parks what they are, Mr. Iger, is not based on intellectual properties. Now, most of the Animal Kingdom is not. The only thing there is is Avatar. Well, and the shows. But, yep. uh, but no, and I'm, but I'm only stopping the there. Safaris are very popular. The whole basis of it, what Epcot was, is not intellectual yeah. property based. Nope, not at all. You know, totally and even when and even when when Eisner was there, he wanted an intellectual property based place, so he made a park and put it there. Yeah, that's where it all should go. And that's where it all should go, but not anymore. Yeah, no. Um, in my opinion, anyone can build a park on movies. I, I don't. I don't see how that separates them. You know, only Disney knew how to uh, transport us to far off worlds and to the future and distant planets or to the past or all that kind of stuff. You know, that's what made Disney great. Um, Iger seems to not understand that. Um, I don't right. want to. I don't want to spend all my time rattling off these old things. But um, I, I if just. If it's not an IP, he's just not going to do it. I mean, if you, if, uh, you know, we were, if Joe Rody came to him tomorrow and said, I want to build a log flume ride based on, you know, India, he would say no. And I think that that's where I want, that idea is where I want to end this rant, this, this okay. show, um, because Mike is a hundred percent right. If you're a person who has spent your time um, loving the different things that Disney's created from Pirates of the Caribbean to the World Showcase Pavilion to Kilimanjaro Safaris. If you're a person who likes to wander around Harambe and see the beautiful things that are there and to, you know, and, and be transported into these themes that Disney created over the years, those days are gone. And well, we were afraid, until Iger's gone. gone, we were right. afraid this might be true. Now we know from the man's own mouth that it is. Right. It is true. You would never see a beastly kingdom now. No. Because it does not include an until he would have to buy the rights to Game of Thrones first. <laughs> in order to do, or Lord of the Rings or whatever. There you go. In order in order to do it. Because he thinks that we are not going to like anything that isn't from one of these movies. And what's right. so fascinating about it is what in God's name is he talking about? Yeah. What is he talking about? Walk past Everest and say, well, this is not Jungle Book theme, so let's go. Let's right. go And also, I just want to mention one other thing before we go. Sure. Um, Joe Rohde's kind of posted something on Instagram about Expedition Everest, and it got sort of characterized as a passive-aggressive response. Um I don't know, Mike. I don't know that it was. I mean, he's done a million things like that. That's his entire Instagram page. 
Oh yeah, he always <laughs> takes a picture of something and comments lengthily on them. I mean, I, I maybe maybe he just happened to do that one. I don't know. If it was passive aggressive, boy, it was a hell of a lot more passive than aggressive. <laughs> Yeah, it just didn't make any sense to me. You know, it didn't seem like a response. So anything Man. I'm any, anything I'm missing about this, I I say it because, no. like I said, we're talking directly about the animal kingdom. We're talking about the future of the, of the animal kingdom here because, like as Mike said, um, you're never going to get anything now at Animal Kingdom of any significance that's not intellectual property related, and this is a park where intellectual properties really don't belong. I mean, there's Not a couple really. here and there, but that's yeah, the it. Shows are fine, you know yep. the Nemo and blanking one. I don't mind that. And he's gonna turn if if he stays on as CEO, he's gonna turn the World Showcase into a movie park. He's gonna turn the Animal Kingdom into a movie park. Future World, it's gonna be one studios park. And I don't understand. Maybe I'm wrong, Mike, but even if you wanted to base it just on other other properties or things why are movies the only thing that entertains us why in this man's view are films the only thing we're interested in for entertainment eh, i guess because he's a film guy but what you know but he's not he's a tv guy <laughs> uh, all right but i mean what tv shows would you uh would you want to see in the park i don't see any I mean, they have a couple of disney ones but what I don't want to see any. It's not. A, oh, all right, all right. You know what I mean? It's like there's other forms of entertainment. You're you're delivering an entertainment park. There's right. music. There's there's all sorts of things that you, that people are entertained by. Not just movies. We don't just want to walk into the set of a movie. It's not. It's such a weird way to think about it. You know, it, it's such a bizarre way to. Th I, I I appreciate. Listen, I appreciate some of the stuff they built. Obviously, Cars Land is beautiful, and Pandora is what it is. People really like it, and 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 I and I get that, and it's great, and all that. But it can't all be that, you know. Pandora is in right. this park because they built Africa first, right? <laughs> and Asia first, you know. Well, Asia second, but that's okay. Disney. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. But before before this, yeah, yeah. You know, the the stuff is there. Eisner was able to build the Hollywood studios because the Magic Kingdom was already there and was built on a very different premise and a very successful premise that right. has endured for 70 years since the opening of, right. of Disneyland, you know, right. and it just seems so poor minded. I'm not going to start uh, a, a movement to get rid of Iger, but if somebody did, uh, I'm willing to support them. <laughs> Well, once he steps down, I'm not going to mourn his lo the loss of Bob Iger. No, no. And and again, I don't care about the, the, the financial viability of the company, whether or not the shareholders are doing better now than they were 15 years ago. doesn't mean anything right. to me. The shareholders did great under Eisner, and we threw him out when he wasn't doing the creative things that we wanted to. So, um, you know, that's just the way it goes. All right, that's it. Mike, we're going to get to the listener questions I gotta fly Soon, back from Costa Rica first. You gotta come back from Costa Rica. Please don't get lost in the jungle. We have a <laughs> lot of questions to go through. We do. They're like thirty or something like that. And then we have our general beginning of the year thing where we're gonna do our wish list for what we wanna see that has now changed dramatically. 
And I am going to leave this and start working on my um, not a nondescript coaster T-shirt that maybe I could find uh, somebody to do a design for me. <laughs> All right. All righty. Mr. Safari Mike, I'm Damon Pride. Quaharini, go well. And thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. <laughs> Now, who took a melee? Now,